Good morning to everyone. So nice to see such a big crowd uh, here in the church. Um, so blessings to everyone. And as, as, we, as we enter into Holy Week, which is what today is, we, as we enter into Holy Week, there's a, a question. A question I want to put to everyone, a question I put to myself. And that question is, what mind, what mind are you bringing into this time of deep contemplation? And not only you or me as, as individuals, but also us collectively as a church. What is the mind of St. Anne's? Do we have the mind of Christ, whose mighty act of love, humility, and sacrifice we just heard? Do we have that mind, or are our minds elsewhere? The question is inspired by Paul's words there to the church at Philippi. We just heard them not too long ago. I paraphrase a little bit. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, emptied himself, humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, who gave himself for others. Paul writes these words to a church that was struggling with disunity. So it may not be immediately and totally applicable to our church, but he is writing to a church that is, as I say, caught up in disunity, a church that is caught up in its own affairs, in its own ways, rather than the affairs and ways of Christ. And so he encouraged them to, to lay aside selfish ambition and competition in favor of humil humility, compassion, and love. But Paul knew, perhaps, that his words that begin the second chapter of Philippians, that, that those words and, and asking them to and encourage them, that those words were not enough to move these people. And so he knew that they needed a powerful reminder, just as we do, from this urgent need he brought forth what is one of the most beautiful, inspiring, mysterious passages in the New Testament. <coughs> Brothers and sisters, I commend this passage to you. It's right up there with John's Gospel, the opening of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The mystery of the Incarnation. All of that here is also in this passage from St. Paul. The scholar William Barclay writes of this passage and of Christ's Passion. He says that we we can only stand in awe at the sight of him who is almighty God, hungry and weary and in tears. Here in the last reach of human language is the great saving truth that he who was rich for our sakes became poor. For our sakes he came to live among us. The word became flesh for our sakes. For our sakes. He died to redeem us for our sakes. He will come again to claim us 
All this and more can be found in this passage that begins, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And so, brothers and sisters, again I ask of each of you and I ask of myself, what mind do you have? What mind do we have? I must say that at this time, in these days, brothers and sisters, I have a troubled mind. A mind of distress. As the war in Ukraine rages, this has brought disturbance and contradictions to me and my soul and my prayer. I pray, like all of us, I hope, I pray to the Prince of Peace. Yet at the same time, I say, give Zelensky whatever he needs. Tanks, rockets, bullets, give it to him. Then I think, does this mean that more Russian soldiers, some of them barely out of high school, must die? I see film clips of Vladimir Putin and I think, well, you know, he wouldn't be so smug if Moscow looked like Bucha. And then I catch myself and I wonder, am I wishing death and destruction upon more innocent civilians? Yes, my mind is troubled as I seek to get hold of the mind of Christ and pray earnestly, fervently for priests. That's why I need to hear the Passion this week. I need to sit in that upper room with the Holy One who took on the role of a slave and washed the dirty, stinking feet of his disciples. I need that. I need to walk my own Via Dolorosa and sit at the cross for the devil is on the prowl like a roaring lion, turning the hearts of those who on this day, on Sunday, sing Hosanna and on Friday will shout, crucify him. I need the passion to set me right. I need to sit with the story of the one whose power does not lie in javelin anti-tank rockets and artillery, but whose power lies in love and mercy. I have a troubled mind. This week I wondered aloud to my spiritual director, where is Christ in all this war and mayhem? What is my response to someone who asked me that question? And she said to me, did you hear about the Benedictine nuns? I hadn't heard about the Benedictine nuns. Apparently, 10 Benedictine nuns from the Immaculate Conception Monastery in Zeitomir have fled the bombing and the shelling in their town that is near Belarus and join a small band of other monastics in Lviv. And there they are offering shelter, comfort, anything they have to the refugees who pass through. And they think nothing of it. They don't ask for our applause. They ask only for our support. Their abbess, Mother Clara, said, we are not doing anything extraordinary. We are doing what each of us would do. They are, in a sense, living examples of the mind of Christ, the mind of self-sacrifice, 
the mind of humility, the mind that lays aside for the sake of others. At one point, I'm told, about 150 people were with them there in Lviv. Fifty of them were children, and at least one was a newborn. For indeed, babies are still being born in Ukraine. Brothers and sisters, I, I needed to hear about these nuns as much as I need to hear today's gospel as much as I pray that perhaps you need to hear of those nuns and of today's gospel. For stories such as these help to ease my troubled mind. And today I join my prayer with those Benedictine nuns who today are celebrating Palm Sunday just as we are. I join my prayer with those Christians all around the world who may be in a bomb shelter in Mariupol, who are in this church, who are on the streets, who are in other churches, all of whom are praying for the continued revelation of that perfect kingdom where no sword or gun is drawn, but where all have the mind of Christ. I join my prayers with them. For this week is as much about us now as it is about Christ. We are not called merely to be spectators of passion plays or to participate in reenactments. Our call is to enter with joy upon the contemplation of those mighty acts whereby we have received new life through the suffering of Jesus Christ. Because we enter with joy. Why do we enter with joy? Because we know the end of the story. It's not a mystery to us. We know how it ends. And therefore we can rejoice. Christ has died. Yes, indeed. Christ is risen. Yes, indeed. Christ will come again. Yes, indeed. We have Paul's grand Christological statement there in Philippians. We have the story of Christ's passion, but this story is only the high point of God's grand and overarching story of salvation and revelation and reconciliation. It is not the end of the story. The story continues each and every day in each and every one of us. Each of us with the mind of Christ. And so, in the words of Andrew of Crete, this is a, a bishop and hymnist from the 8th century, sort of describing how he thinks we should enter into Palm Sunday and what should be on our hearts and what should be on our souls and on our minds. This is from the 8th century, so this is 1,200 years ago, and he is saying, let us present the conqueror of death not with mere branches of palms, but with the real rewards of his victory. Let our souls take the place of the welcoming branches. As we join today in the children's song, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's what Andrew says. And so as we enter into this most holy week, singing and waving our palms, let us ask of ourselves, let us ask of our church, what mind will we bring to the cross 
of Christ. Amen. Amen.